This is the Horse Radio Network. This is Episode 16 of Horsemanship Radio, brought to you by Index Fund Advisors, IFA.com. Horsemanship Radio is part of the family of the Horse Radio Network. Today, we have Heather Reynolds, champion endurance rider based in Florida, and Pat Roberts, Executive Director of Join Up International. That's the nonprofit organization that has been facilitating Monty Roberts's Horse Sense and Soldiers Clinics for returned servicemen and women. This is Debbie Lauks, and you're listening to The Horsemanship Radio. Welcome back, everyone. Horsemanship Radio airs the 15th and the 30th of the month. And I have my producer, Glenn, here with me today. Hi, Glenn. Hi, Debbie. How are you? Good. You're too professional. You do everything so perfectly. And do I? I but I have a complaint about that. I'd like you to mess up more, and I'll tell you why. We're do, starting to do a blooper reel now, oh, and I have you. nothing from you. you. You really need to start messing up more. I need a blooper reel. Yes. I got to practice it. <laughs> yes, you gotta. You're too professional. We need to, oh, we need to get right. some more mistakes and things. This so. is why I pay him the big bucks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he lies. <laughs> no. I, do, I do mess up. He's just a wonderful editor. People just don't know because there it is. Yeah. <laughs> you do a great job of editing our shows, though. I think it was mastery, actually, that Liberty training with Christiana and Marco, because you were able to take some of the Italian that really wasn't necessary, but you kept all the beautiful Italian. Wasn't that great? Yeah, yeah. There were, there, that you know, when you have a translator, it, it gets old when you hear all three sides of the conversation. Yeah. So I tried to make it so you only heard two, uh, and it it. Uh, but being that I didn't know what they were saying, it kind yeah. of is, is more difficult. <laughs> you can too. do anything you want. Exactly. No, it, I figured it, only it, the Italian people would know if I cut out the yeah, wrong words. <laughs> you know, they could have been making it up too. I don't know what they talked about. When they <laughs> that's <were. laughs> true. They he could have understood perfect English. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, but with a great That's accent. Funny. But hey, people you know, should that listen. episode did yeah. it was our best listened to episode so far. So yeah. uh, that was episode fifteen. If people missed it, go back to episode fifteen of Horsemanship Radio. You can either get it at horsemanshipradio.com or you can go on the app. Uh, the Horse Radio Network app has it right on there and take a listen to it because it it truly was our most listened to episode to date. So Absolutely. You're probably sick and tired of talking about it, but did you get to watch the Kentucky Derby? Oh, I did. We've been covering it a lot, and uh, and a, a neighbor of yours won. Yeah, California Chrome. Well, and not only that, but that trainer, Art, has been a trainer. I mean, mo- mom and dad and, and Art go back forever. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he's 77, right? Yeah. And they were just so pleased for him because that is a dream of every trainer, and especially way out here in California where you do feel kind of arm's length to the whole industry of Kentucky and New York. Um, You know, just it was just an incredible experience to watch that. And would you believe that Dad's famous horse is named Nice Chrome? That's the one, his reigning horse. It's big, you know, oversized quarter horse that he has. I assume there's no relation, being that we're quarter horse Darn and thoroughbred. No, wouldn't no. you know? Yeah, <laughs> you and, didn't and get any of the was, prize money, is none a, of the no, prize no, money. No. no, just a lot of emails that said, "Hey, are they related?" <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty cute, but no, and you know, it'd be like us to have him a, 
you know, full brother or something, but he's a gelding. Whoops. <laughs> no, no, he's not a thoroughbred, but that was a wonderful, a wonderful story well, to watch. You know, and, and I'm sure your dad and, and mom must be pretty excited too, because a lot of people forget that they, you know, are in the racing industry for a very long time in California. So for the pride of California comes through there too. Exactly. And my whole growing up, that's how they made their living. But, you know, they didn't make their living on the track. They were off-track trainers that started all the babies and really uh, gave them a great foundation. And they were always topping the sales. All of mom and dad's horses topped the sales for nearly 20 years because they were such greatly trained, started, calm, sweet um, thoroughbreds when they went to the track and remained that way because they had such a great foundation. So I'm really proud of the work that they did in the thoroughbred industry all those years because it really started um, uh, pointing out to people how it can be done uh, quietly and without a lot of uh, pain and, you know, some of the traditional stuff. And they bought you new clothes every once in a while, thanks to those. I was horses. really glad for the yeah, food on the table. And <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's a great experience. You know, it's uh, Santa Anita and Hollywood Park are just a couple of hours south of us. And uh, there is a great tradition, actually, in California and thoroughbred racing, too. People just don't think of that nearly as much as you do Kentucky. Now, are you going to tell us, uh, are, you, are you willing to tell the audience uh, how hard you are working this week? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I get some time off sometimes. <laughs> well, I appreciate you actually being here doing the show when, when you could be drinking margaritas. It's Well, shortly. But yes, um, <laughs> there's six of us women. I'm on remote location right now. There's six of us women at a beautiful place called Sea Pines Resort right now. And we trailered our horses uh, up here. It's just outside of San Luis Obispo, Morro Bay, some people will know. And uh, there is a state park, it's gorgeous, called Montaño del Oro. And you can go I don't know how many feet up it is, but they call it Nosebleed Trail, if that tells you anything. <laughs> it's way high, and it's up over the ocean. There's sand dunes that are hundreds of feet tall that you can go up and down. And then there's the greatest stretch of wide, wide beach, depending on the tide, and that we can uh, run along. And so we can go in the mountains. We can go under the trees. We can go out on the beach. And, uh, you know, it starts off cool in the morning. And is anybody drooling yet? It's yeah, so I think they're all fun. drooling. What are you talking about? Everybody just turned off their radios because they're mad at you. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, now they got to come do it. It's a bucket list now. So, yeah, it's it's really beautiful. It's uh, We've been up here uh, quite a bit because it's really only about 45 north of us, 45 minutes north. So Now, now uh, usually every year, and, and, and this is how I, w- I want to know, I want to know if this is true. Usually every year you head out to the mountains of somewhere and mm-hmm. you go packing with a group of girlfriends for yep. a week. It, now, is it because we're all getting a little bit older now? You've decided oh, to do the resort and you're not yeah. packing anymore? It is, it is nice to have a shower. <laughs> it's very nice. <laughs> and a little restaurant nearby. And I, you notice how hurt. I said we in that. I didn't throw you under the bus. I'm there Thank with you. you. No, we still love that too. But, you know, Sun Valley, Idaho, we're just taking a break this year. They had a lot of fires up there last year, and it's pretty ugly up there right now. So um, we are giving that one a break. But we're going to go to another um, place where we can bring our horses uh, up in the Santa Barbara Mountains called Rancho Oso in August. So we're getting like a double fix of, you know, showers this this year. (laughs) (laughs) We'll go back to our single again next year. So you didn't have to have any pack horses along this time. No, we got to bring our own, which is really cool. Because when we go to Sun Valley, of course, they've got their big Percheron cross. 
horses and their own their own horses and they're solid as a rock but it is it's fun having your own horse though too here so yeah and they're willing partners so you know we've, it's part of those program trainings so see i think i can maybe write this off somehow <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. The IRS um, loves when you uh, write 100 margaritas right. off in a week. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do that. <laughs> I'm just no, kidding. but it, it, is, it is a lot of fun. All right. But I am at work. See? Here I am. <laughs> yes, you are. I, I'm impressed. <laughs> well, Debbie, what is coming up on today's show? Uh, today we have a great show. We have um, Pat Roberts. I love her dearly. She's my mom. <laughs> and it's Mother's Day this week, so I'm really on oh, top yeah, of that. That's perfect. So, yeah, we have her. But, you know, she is here. I'd repre- like to say, Mom, that she planned that, but I don't think she did. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but I'm going to give her a card anyway for that one. But today, today she's going to talk to us about um, our Horse Sense and Soldiers program, which is really timely. And also, we have um, a Tevis Cup winner, Heather Reynolds. And you'll have to go on the, the show notes to see her lovely picture because when I tell you what she's done in her bio, you're going to think she's about 50. But she's not. She's a youngster, and she's wonderful. She's athletic and beautiful, and I can't wait to talk to her. Very good, and all of that is coming up right after this word from our sponsor, and that is IFA.com, Index Fund Advisors. Hi, I'm Mark Hebner, president of Index Fund Advisors and proud owner of Monty Roberts Willing Partners graduate, He's a Sugar Bear. <laughs> you know, investment portfolios are a lot like horses. You need to find one that best suits you, your temperament, and your stage of life. Some people might like an energetic horse and an aggressive investment portfolio, while others are more comfortable with a gentle ride and a more conservative investment portfolio. The trick is to find the one that's right for you. That's what Index Fund Advisors is all about, matching people with portfolios, risk-appropriate, low-cost, and globally diversified investment portfolios. You can find the right portfolio for you by taking the risk capacity survey at ifa.com, that's IFA as an index fund advisors, or you can call us toll free at 888-643-3133. That's 888-643-3133. Pat Roberts is executive director of Join Up International, and they have been producing Monty's Horses and, and Soldiers workshops since Discovery Channel first documented how Monty uses trust-based therapy to help get veterans past issues of PTSD. Um, that's post-traumatic stress disorder, and this has been going on since 2010. Welcome back, Pat Roberts. Hi, Mom. Hi, Deb. Glad <laughs> to glad- be back. Good. I'm glad you're back on. Today we had a subject that's been um, really current in the news, and I thought it was time that we let people know about some of the programs that are being developed there at Join Up International. I know that you're executive director of Join Up International, and uh, we wanted to talk today a little bit about horse and soldiers. Well, and that's one of our favorite subjects around here. Uh, this as uh, uh, a lot of people may not have known, uh, was first introduced to the public uh, via um, Discovery Military. And they came in, and, uh, in 2010 and did a documentary here with Monty and three veterans. And it was very successful, uh, well-received, and in fact, I think the document won an award for that year. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that, that really kind of kicked off a program 
that Join Up International, our 501c3 not-for-profit foundation, has backed, and we've had a lot of people that have been interested in helping out, um, like Wood Clayson's Foundation and many, many others. Helping support that program. That's great. So um, everybody knows a lot about uh, natural horsemanship, and, of course, they believe in Monty's concepts of uh, choice, freedom of choice with the horse and training in his methods. But what's the transition? What's the big leap that you can take to horses and soldiers with those concepts? We all know that, that our a lot of our vets have returned after uh, uh, being off in other countries and have seen and been through a lot of a lot of things that would uh, make anyone uh, a victim. Mm-hmm. And they come back and they have a hard time dealing with, with the memories and the experiences that they've had. And they have really sort of lost their trust. They've been disillusioned by how they've been treated when they come back from, from being in other countries. And uh, uh, a lot of things that have happened to them, uh, they feel, or the, the vet, vet administration feels, can be uh, fixed with drugs. And we all know that drugs are not the answer. And so what is the answer? Well, we feel like we've come up with a great way of helping these vets, and it is with using the horse, and uh, we teach the communication between a horse and a person, and in order for the horse to join up with the vet, he, the vet must communicate that he trusts the horse and vice versa, and that, it's really all about communication through trust, and uh, we have... Uh, we have three-day clinics here on Flag is Up Farms uh, where the vets come in and they're introduced and actually do join up. And it's wonderful to watch because it, it's such an emotional thing when this great big 1,200-pound horse walks up and rubs them on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just melts these, these soldiers and, and it really gives us breakthroughs. And uh, that's what we're after. That's mm-hmm. our goal. It's a unique program in that you use Join Up. I, I, there's a lot of good, um, solid programs out there across the United States, but no others use Join Up. Can you explain to the listeners a little bit about what a Join Up is? Join Up is when we put a horse in a round pen and uh, we put the vet in there with the horse and we teach the vet how to communicate with the horse through gestures because the horse's language is silent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it is a language of gestures. Mm-hmm. And with a little bit of help, and usually we'll have a, an instructor or someone go in and put the vet in the positions that are necessary to communicate uh, with the horse. And through communication, they develop a trust and a bonding. And... Uh, it, it's a very emotional thing, and uh, I, to describe Join Up, I probably have to, have to be on here for an hour. Yeah. But it, basically, you, you send the horse away, and then you allow the horse to negotiate to come back. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's something that happens in the wild, and a horse will, their flight is usually about a quarter of a mile, and then uh, they feel like, well, I better start negotiating with my predator because I, this is not going to be good. I'm going to run out of air. And yeah. so 
out in the wild, it's an amazing thing to watch. And this is what Monty discovered when he was very young, probably around seven years old. He watched and studied, and he could see that the matriarch mare really actually was running the herd. And when there would be a, a little colt that was being naughty, she'd chase him away. And, of course, when they're out there by themselves, they are uh, prey. And uh, it's a very dangerous position. So he watched these young foals, uh, young horses, negotiate to get back into the herd and how they their language using their bodies and their, their heads and their necks and their lips, how they would communicate to the matriarch, I'll, I'm sorry, I really would like to be a good boy and please <laughs> let me back into the herd. It's basically that. And mm-hmm. that's what's different about this program because uh, there's a lot of programs that, uh, you know, they, they vets go out and they, they pick up the feet and they clean them out and they brush and, and they're around the horses, but they don't actually really communicate with horses. Mm-hmm. And this is the difference. And so it, it, it's very, very uh, simple, yet it's very complex. But it's easily understood because it's discernible, and you mm. see it right there. It happens. Mm. So I, I saw on the calendar you've got one coming May 23 through 25, which is coming right up, right? That's true. And then mm. we have another one in July, and I think it's the, tw- let's see, is the 25th? 26, 27th in, okay. in that area. That might might be a two-day one. It might just be on Saturday and Sunday. But we try to have three-day clinics because the longer we can be with the vets, the more that we can impart um, what we have to uh, to give them from here mm-hmm. and uh, the better job we do. And and the proof is that, that we have, have vets that come back and they will ac- absolutely mentor the new newbies, so to speak, right. and because they've been through it, and they they have a lot to offer. And and the more vets that we can reach and get into our program, the more people we can help. Mm-hmm. Very good. And uh, I know the wonderful foundation supporting that, but could always use more. Um, like to have more of those programs too. Um, do you want to talk about? Dad was never in the military, um, but. A lot of people find him very approachable from the military because of his background. Do you want to touch on that just a bit? Oh, I, I can. Uh, uh, Monty was was an abused a child, and uh, he was abused until he got to be big enough that it was no longer feasible for his father to try and intimidate him through force. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of this, Monty would use horses as his escape mm. and that and that's he had the opportunity to go into the wild and observe the wild horses and he loved what he saw and when he went home he would try what he'd seen out on the wild on the horses that were captured and brought in for the wild horse race that they had in Salinas that's mm-hmm. where he was raised on the competition grounds of Salinas and every year they had a huge four day Celebration, uh, rodeo, and uh, they had wild horse races. And so that's, they were captured and brought to Salinas. And then after the rodeo was over, 
uh, in Salinas, incidentally, they say rodeo. Everywhere That's else right. in the world, they say rodeo. <laughs> Isn't that but, funny? Uh, so I'm always torn. I never know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> but I was raised in Salinas, so I really should always say you rodeo. You should say rodeo. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but anyway, so after after the races were over, the four-day show was over, um, it, was, uh, it was to the advantage of the Rodeo Association to have the horses started, and uh, then they would sell uh, for more money. And so Monty and his brother Larry were given the task of going out to the green corrals and working with these horses to get them started. And, of course, Monty, uh, that is where he, he really went to a university and studied everything that he had observed in the wild, and he started to apply it in the, the green corrals. And it worked, and he was so happy and so proud of it but the sad part about it is when he shared it with his father, his father um, said, you know, what am I raising? Uh, you, there's, there's something off this planet and beat him again. Mm-hmm. So he learned to keep quiet about it and, and didn't really share what he'd learned for many, many years. But now, um, you know, it, it, his detractors are, some of them are dead and, and some, it just doesn't matter to him anymore because he knows that what he learned is helping so many people and so many horses. So many, uh, yeah. I think in the first, uh, when, when he first, uh, started, uh, like the farms, we would, uh, use that, uh, on about maybe 150 to 200 head of horses. Uh, after it was, uh, it, he came out officially and did show it to everyone in 1989, uh, including Queen Elizabeth, uh, maybe, uh, uh, in the next five years, 20,000 horses were started by Join Up, and now it could possibly be way over 200,000. So it's gaining in popularity. People understand and they can see uh, the, the great way of, of treating our animals and getting more of a partnership with them rather than adversarial relationship. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's wonderful. And, and when these vets come here and they watch, and they go and they, and then they can do it and they, they see that the horse understands the language. It just, it really does melt them and it, it gives them a confidence because there's something that trusts and in return they can trust back. And, and then of course, uh, we have wonderful, um, uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, doctors, people that, that want to come and help and, uh, uh, and observe and, uh, if if they need the vet needs some special uh, counseling, we have people that will do that, and uh, the program is is so wonderful, and we just hope to grow it and, and uh, that we'll get more and more foundations that will get behind it because it it, it isn't an easy thing uh, financially to to do because we have to get the horses and and we have to take care of them and and. You know, we we have to employ people to help with the clinics. Although Monty is really the one that that conducts it, he he is the one that uh, really understands because he considers considers himself a victim of PTSD as well. But he does he really doesn't like to say PTSD uh, because it isn't uh, defunctionality. It really is uh, it's an injury, uh, a brain injury, mm-hmm. uh, not a physical one, but a mental one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he calls it PTSI, in fact, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he does. yeah. Well said, well said. I, I think anybody who's a lover of horses 
um, understands cellularly uh, in their cells what you were just describing as that therapeutic quality about horses, even if they've never witnessed a join-up or understand about a veterans program, I think everybody can make the leap as to, after they listen to that, after, at, after hearing all the facts that you just put out, they can make that leap to seeing why it works. And it is free to the veterans to come oh, to. Yes, they're, they're, that, and that, that's, you know, and we try to, if we can, try to help them with their expenses to get here. And, and, uh, but uh, basically, uh, we're, we're, hoping to get people locally so that we can keep expenses down. But we've had people from Washington, D.C. that have flown in. Um, we have a wonderful uh, young lady that is our poster child. and uh, Alicia Watkins? Rich- Alicia Watkins, yeah. Yes. yeah. Uh, she, she was flown in. Uh, someone uh, helped us with getting her here. And she has just absolutely turned the world upside down. She is such a positive example of what our Horses for Soldiers can do. Well, thank you. Thanks for sharing all that. Yeah, people should Google um, Alicia Watkins and and her story. She's going to Harvard now. Completely changed life. She was homeless when she first ended, attended some of our Horses and Soldiers. And, um, and they should go to your website, www.joinup.org and see the good work that's being done there. Thank you again, Mom, for joining us and sharing a little bit about that important program. Hi, I'm Monty Roberts, and I know that I'm transforming the lives of horses globally. You can learn to do it too on my Equus Online University. There's a new lesson on there each week, all the way from join up to advanced. Watch world's champions give their lessons. Join at MontyRoberts.com. Go to my Equus Online University. You can transform your horse, too. Heather Reynolds has been riding endurance competitions since 1988. During her career, she won multiple national championships as well as winning the Pan American 100-mile championship individual gold medal in 2001, the individual silver medal in 2003, and the North American team gold medal in 2005. Phew. She has also represented the USA at the WEG in 2002, 2010, and the World Endurance Games in 2013. Heather also won the Tevis Cup once and the Hagen Cup twice. Currently, Heather is trying to get a spot on the USA WEG squad to go to Normandy, France this August. Boy. And welcome, Heather Reynolds. Welcome, Heather Reynolds. We're proud to have you on our show. Well, thank you. Hey, you know, I we were looking at your your websites, and I I know your your background is amazing. That you've collectively won over twenty six thousand competitions with your husband Jeremy, and uh, that you compete on your your own horses abroad and here, and you have four Te- Tevis Cup wins under your belt. That is just collectively amazing to see in such a young couple. Um, I'm wondering, is it unusual to have a husband and wife couple competing at such a high level like that? Um, it, it is pretty unusual. There, I think the only other husband and wife couple that I know of is actually 15 minutes down the road from us that's competing right. at this level. So it is pretty unusual. Yeah. And, and that, is that work to your advantage? I mean, it must be nice sitting around dinner knowing, you know, the same things that are going on or, or is that kind of, do you have to cut work off at the end of the day? Um, we're pretty good. 
good about cutting it off at the end of the day. So we work side by side all day long with the horses. And then at the end of the day, it's time to unwind and do something else. Yeah, good for you. I suppose that keeps it really healthy. Well, anyway, that was just a, you know, that was one of those curiosity moments because I just don't get to to talk to a husband and wife team that compete at such a high level. That's just so interesting. So um, your website says endurance is a constantly advancing sport. We do our best to explore, utilize, and create the newest cutting edge technology. So I got to ask, what are the most important developments in your training to date? Um, I would say the amount of time that the horses are actually working. Uh, that's changed radically over the years as far as how fast we train and how far we train. Um, we do more quality work versus quantity work now. Mm-hmm. Where in the past, maybe we went, you know, too long of a training ride, but not quite fast enough. Mm-hmm. Now we kind of have it dialed back to where it's a little bit shorter mileage in training, but a little bit faster with speed. Mm, okay, that makes good sense. So, it, does it ever branch off into funny things like swimming or anything like that? Sometimes we swim. We don't do a lot of swimming. Uh, we also have a hill treadmill so the horses can do some hill climbing mm. um, because we're here in Florida where there aren't any hills. Yeah. Um, the deep sand here in Florida does translate well to the hills. We just did an event this past weekend in North Carolina at the Biltmore Estate, which is pretty rolling, and the horses did spectacular there just from the sand training alone. Is that right? Yeah, that that does make sense. I would think, yeah, the swimming, that's that different kind of muscle thing, isn't it? Yeah, the swimming is really good for rehabbing and for cardio work because there's no impact. Um, So we'll use it for that. Yeah, yeah, good. So so is the conditioning the key here? As far as success? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that's what you do. You guys seem to do nothing but that. (laughs) Yeah, training the horse um, correctly and laying up correctly so that when you're asking for the final outcome of the really fast championship ride. Yes, absolutely. That is the key to success. Yeah. Yeah. So we saw a beautiful horse of yours started at Flag is Up Farms. Um, And I know that you teamed up with Monty in the round pen to start a beautiful horse. Seems to me that you know how to pick them too. I mean, conditioning is one thing and you guys are amazing at a high level. Um, You just have science behind you and all that. But you also know how to pick them, don't you? Yeah, I do take a lot of pride in picking out a nice horse. There's some definite attributes that you can see consistently throughout our herd. And, yeah, having a well-conformed horse is also absolutely necessary if you're going to try to gallop for 100 miles. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you um, do you have any valuable lessons that you've learned competing at such a level? I mean, everybody, you're such a young age to have uh, accomplished as much as you have. And most people have to go. I think the reason there's a lot of people that um, don't make it or make it at a later age is because they have to go through so many pitfalls. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, you must not have gone through a lot of those pitfalls. Is that true? Well, there's been a ton of pitfalls, but um, I've been fortunate enough that I think I have around 19,000 miles of competition so that you're going to have a lot of pitfalls throughout that amount yeah. of time. And I've competed on over 60 horses. So again, the variety of horses gives you more experience, obviously. And then I had the benefit of being mentored by some of the top, absolute top endurance riders in the world Mm -hmm. when I was very young. So that really helped. And um, whenever I go to a competition, 
I feel like I haven't gotten the full benefit of the weekend unless I learn something new, for better or worse. So I'm always looking and always learning something new at every single competition I go to. Yeah, good for you. Do you want to name some of those mentors? I'd be curious at who you got to spend yeah, time with. Um, Becky, Becky Hart. She mm-hmm. is the three-time world champion. So when I was a junior, I was riding with her. I was riding with Mary Ben Stover, who mentored a huge amount of young riders. She's actually a Hall of Fame writer, as well as Becky Hart being a Hall of Fame writer. Mm-hmm. Um, Julie Sir, who is also a Hall of Fame writer, and Trilby Peterson, who is also a Hall of Fame writer. So all of those people were right in the town where I was living and learning and mm-hmm. training when I was a kid. So that was extremely beneficial. Mm-hmm. So which came first? Were you inspired by what they did, or did you just start um, picking up the reins and, and uh, becoming a horsewoman, and then they found you? Um, I actually lucked upon the whole thing. I, no one in my family rode horses, wow. and I was horse crazy as a kid. And my dad actually found an ad in the local Penny Saver newspaper saying, Feed Horses in Exchange for Riding. Huh. And that person who placed the ad was Mary Ben Stover, and she happened to be an endurance writer. So had she been in any other discipline, I'd be doing right. whatever that was right now. But <laughs> she happened to be an endurance writer, and I couldn't feed the horses for her because I was in school, but she liked kids so well, she just said, come out and ride. And she taught me, and all those people I named as mentors were good friends of hers. Yeah. Oh, isn't the sport of endurance lucky to have you, though? A really great little perfect storm. Um, what what encourages you about the industry right now in endurance? What keeps you going? Um, well, it's a lot of fun because it's for every level of rider um, with whatever horse they happen to have. So the fun thing is, is that it inspires people to go out and do things with their horses, whether they have a quarter horse, a Shetland pony, a top world class Arabian. No matter what horse they have, they are able to go participate or compete in these endurance events. So it's very open. Mm. Um, there aren't a ton of politics, you know, that you have to deal with. It's just a fun sport. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know that. Yeah, I agree with you. It's fun to watch. I don't know that much about your sport. Tell me about the feet. You know, I know that no foot, no horse. But um, are they are they uh, going barefoot these days, or is it just too much on? It's too much to ask, isn't it, for a but it really depends on the terrain you're racing. I have never ridden a horse barefoot for an entire competition. Yeah. With that said, being here in Florida with the sands, we do train many of our horses barefoot. Um, not all of them, because some of them, their feet just can't take it. Can't do but it. But many of our horses are barefoot in training. And then when we go to races, we personally prefer the easy boot glue-ons. Oh, yeah. Good. It's like a, a rubber boot that you can glue onto their hoof, and it covers the bottom of the hoof and gives them protection and the biggest benefit we found from using those is that the day after the event, you don't have nearly the amount of swelling or fill in their legs because it took so much of the concussion away. Oh. So they're, they're really nice to use. Good to hear. Yeah, that's great. I, I just know that that's, there's a lot of innovation happening in that part of the industry and farrier work. Yeah, so that's good to know. I, I'll watch you on that. Boots, no, nobody could carry those boots that many miles, could they? Or can they? Some people do. Um, I don't personally just because I don't want to have the risk of in case it falls off or breaks or rubs. Mm-hmm. Or if it's glued right onto the hoof, I know I'm good. It's going to stay there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If the speeds are going, I just can't afford to then 
change my game plan if it falls off and start walking. So Yeah, of course, of course. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your experience with Liger and Flagazette Farms? He is one gorgeous individual. I wish people could see him right here. We should probably put a photo in the show notes. Yeah, but he is doing wonderfully. He came here to Florida after Monty started him and started going out and getting conditioned for the racetrack. And he is actually right now up in Delaware, uh, getting prepared to run up there uh, with a trainer named Lynn Ashby. And she's she likes him a lot, uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully, he can do it. His stride length is huge. Um, he's pretty smart. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's racing. There you go. But he he is a, an amazing. He's got that capacity, that lung capacity. That chest was amazing. He he was very quick to pick everything up, and uh, his stride just in that round pin. It's a fifty foot round pin. I don't know if you knew what the diameter of it was, and he seemed to take in about four strides. <laughs> and he's mm-hmm. not that big, <laughs> not that big. It was amazing. Yeah, and is and he's purebred Arabian, right? Yes. Yeah. And he's and all, of, he, all of sixteen hands. Actually, here over sixteen hands. Amazing. Yeah, he, he looks like a thoroughbred in so many ways, yeah. except he's got that beautiful <laughs> nose in the air, drinker of the wind, Arabian look, you know, which we all know and love uh, about him. And we would love to follow. Follow. Did you get to watch the Derby on Saturday? I didn't because I was riding a 75 mile race that day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I couldn't squeeze it in, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it was kind of fun because we did have a California thoroughbred win that race and uh, are familiar with the, the team and everything too but uh you know that our our um our first love when at least when i was growing up with um the thoroughbreds was uh was training though so it was fun to see liger on the farm training with just like a thoroughbred would be trained to go through the starting gates and to uh, become conditioned and quiet and a happy a happy racer so it was fun yes, to have Yes, and that starting gate lesson that Monty gave him stuck with him because he is very quiet now when he walks through the gates in his morning workouts. So that really helped. Good to hear. Yeah. We'll have to explain to people that Dad uses a hallway system. He puts up panels so they walk through and walk through, walk out, walk through. Um, just incremental, incremental so that there just isn't any fuss once they I – mean, that's the plan anyway. <laughs> there isn't any fuss yeah. when it comes to the <laughs> well, real thing. It worked because he understood yeah. That's terrific. Well, what's the most fun thing you've done so far in 2014? I love your life. What have you been up to? Let's see. In 2014, I don't know. This past weekend was pretty fun at the Biltmore just because the estate is so beautiful and it's so well manicured and you ride by the mansion a bunch of times. And we had a great weekend. We took five horses. We all completed. The two I rode won both their races and got best condition. And the others all topped came in the top 10. So it was a great weekend. Oh, that is a great weekend. I don't know. Maybe you should quit right there. That's no, don't yeah. go for us. <laughs> Before we let you go, Heather, we've got to ask about this uh, spot that you're vying for on the USA way. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. So the way it's going this year is all of the riders that are in the USA, they're trying to go the way had to go to a time trial uh, where the soundness and fitness was evaluated on their nominated horses. So Jeremy and I each took our horses. I'm nominated on a horse named Chances, and he's nominated on a horse named Gold Dust Rising. So that whole weekend went really well for us. Um, unfortunately, they had to 
collaborate, the selectors, the chef to keep, the chef to keep is the coach, team captain, mm-hmm. um, and the team veterinarian, they all have to collaborate their notes from the weekend, and then they're going to do one more soundness evaluation on all of the horses, and then they're going to get together again and have a bunch mm-hmm. of committee meetings, and then they will tell us by the end of June, in ranked order, who the top ten are. And then from that top ten, another later date, they'll pick the actual eventual five. There's only going to be five from the whole U.S. chosen. So hopefully we have at least one horse, if not two, in that mix. Wow. that What an opportunity. Great. Well, thank you. Well, you know what? We will be rooting for you from this side. So you well, need some prayers. that's great. I can use all the rooting I can get. That's right. <laughs> Good. Well, we'll <laughs> tell everybody that. Thank you for adding that, too. And we'll have you back for that tip. Thanks again, Heather Reynolds. Today's trainer's tip is from Julie Malik of Velvet Touch Equine Training. Welcome back, Julie Malik. Thank you again for coming back to Horsemanship Radio and giving us a little training tip from Julie's perspective. It's my pleasure to be here again. Thanks for asking me back. Um, I think what I would like to, to impart as a tip is um, eye contact. You know, when I'm working with Someone, especially someone that's new to horses, um, one of the things that I look at first as far as how they handle their horses, what they're doing with their eyes. And mm-hmm. it's, it's so important from the horse's perspective, uh, both to be able to see their handler's eyes, so, you know, lose the sunglasses, um, but also what it is that you're doing with your eyes. And I think most people don't realize how big of an effect that can have as far as making a horse nervous or making them comfortable, depending on what you're doing with your eyes at the time. That's great. Um, so how, how does that affect your horse, uh, negatively and positively? Well, for, I'll give you a for instance. If, as most people do, when you're in a conversation with another person, you tend to lock your eyes on their eyes. It's, it's a human thing. You know, it's mm-hmm. accepted as I'm paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but when a horse sees you lock your eyes on their eyes, they look at it very differently um, for two reasons. One is that they're a prey animal, and when they see another, uh, when they see a predator, such as ourselves, because we are predators, Mm -hmm. lock eyes on eyes, that means I'm coming after you. I may eat you. And so Mm -hmm. they want to move away. Mm -hmm. Um, And... That's what I think most people don't realize is, number one, you know, you have to observe the very obvious fact that horses are prey animals. They get eaten, and their instinct is to survive and and run away if they feel threatened. Mm -hmm. Horses aren't afraid of predators, as Dr. Robert Miller says. They're afraid of predatory behavior. And as predators, humans have to take the upper hand when trying to deal with horses and uh, sort of reprogram themselves to take away some of that predatory behavior in order to make their horses feel more comfortable. So when I see a new person walk up and they want to go rub on the horse and, you know, love on the horse, but they're looking the horse right in the eye, what I see is the horse may just even make a subtle shift away or they may move their head away, or they may just, depending on how sensitive they are, they may actually take steps away because they think, oh, my gosh, this this predator is coming after me. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And one of the first things that I train people to do is, that, no, if you want that horse to, to stand and be comfortable with you, go up and have a soft eye. Don't look them in the eye. You know, keep your body language soft, but mostly don't lock that eye on eye thing because that's such a predatorial action. And mm-hmm. they read that. They're so sensitive as far mm-hmm. as what we do with our eyes, what we do with our bodies. Um, yeah. They have to be. It's their survival instinct. Yeah, it's still in the DNA, isn't it? Now, I can hear all those women out there sighing, going, oh, but I think my horse likes me to look him in the eye. He lets me come and give a good hug on his on his muzzle. And, you know, is not is it okay if I do it with my horse? Well, they may have been conditioned to, to ignore that, but um, I, I challenge them to, to, you know, take a look when this horse is nervous about something, you know, do, does that woman want to make their horse feel as comfortable as possible? Or do they want to just have uh, that horse have to overcome another thing in their environment besides what it is that's making them nervous, like the plastic bag or whatever? Mm -hmm. So why give them more to have to overcome when it's just so easy to retrain yourself to use your eyes in a more appropriate fashion to to make your horse comfortable? For me, that's, that's really important. That's one of the most important things. That's, you know, um, that's a good tip, Julie. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So we're all going to go home and and uh, try that in our, our barns and see what results, and we'll get back to you on that. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Where in the world is Monty Roberts? Monty is looking forward to meeting some new friends two-legged and four-legged, in May, in Solvang, California, May 31, a night of inspiration with Monty at Flag is at Farms in Solvang. There's limited spaces now, so book early and go to, add or write to admin at montyroberts.com or call 805-688-6288 for reservations. And you can see more details on his Facebook page. And on June 1, we have a life lessons workshop at Flag is Up Farms. There's information on our website. And again, you can write admin at montyroberts.com or call 805-688-6288. And everybody should be looking at August 4 through 8 for Monty's special training, my favorite week of the year, at Flag is Up Farms in Solvang, California. You can see more at montyroberts.com or, or, and you can also find Monty's calendar there as well. We also put links in our show notes and we put links to all of our guests. If you've missed past episodes, you can go to horsemanshipradio.com where you can find the links, the photos, and all of the sound files for the past shows. You can go take a listen there. And we also, also you can find us on the Horse Radio Network app. Just search for Uh, Go to the App Store, whether it's iOS or Android, either one. Go to the App Store on your phone or your iPad and search for Horse Radio Network. It's the easiest, simplest way to listen to the shows. And we also love your feedback. Please uh, follow us on Facebook under Facebook.com slash Monty Roberts and Twitter at Twitter.com slash Monty underscore Roberts. We also like to thank our sponsors, wouldn't we? We always do. IFA.com and Monty Roberts University. 
Be sure to visit all the other great shows, too, on Horse Radio Network at www.horseradionetwork.com. And until next time, have many happy horse hours. <laughs>